Hey, everybody. Absolutely stunning news over here this week. We have a video version of this week's episode available on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash late night. Go over there, sign up at any tier, and you'll have access to it. Once again, that's patreon.com slash late night. Now, enjoy the show. Okay, I think I'm going to introduce the show right away. It's been happening more often. Wow. The, I thought I know, it's never it's right been done before game. to introduce the show so quick. It's, I, I look, uh, you know, now I feel, well, I, two things. One, I feel like it's a good idea here. Two, now I don't want to do it because I kind of got called out on it. So I'm not going <laughs> to introduce the show. I'm purposefully right, not going to introduce it. Status quo now then. <laughs> so people will have no idea who we're talking about. This is the thing with show introductions I always think on podcasts. Like, they pretend you don't know who the guest is, right? But you see the fucking title of the podcast. It's right there. It's not like anyone is, I think, listening to these things where they're like, what? You know, it, the it, it's pretty clear. Well, and often it's like part of the reason you're like tuning in, right, is to hear whoever they're talking to. Yeah. Right. Right. Do you guys have any favorite surprise guests when you're watching something? You're like, oh, fuck, that guy came out of nowhere. Like, who is your oh. favorite, like, surprise, like, TV, movie, Oh, you know, for me, uh, Lance Reddick. Whenever Lance Reddick shows up in something, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. I love Lance Reddick. He's Uh, always great. For me, I think it's John Bernthal, even though he's like kind of a leading guy these days. But whenever Bernthal pops up, I'm like, oh, it's going to be good. It's got Bernthal. Yes, that's right. I love seeing Ben Stiller's dad. Is he still? Oh yeah. <laughs> is he still alive? Wait, well, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, is he still with us uh, or not? No, I think he. Wait, wait. What's his God? What's his name? What's his first name? Jer- um, Jerry. Jerry. Jerry Stiller. Thank you, Jerry yeah. Stiller. Yes, I couldn't come up with that. Yeah, he's great. I think he died. He was. If he didn't die, he's extremely old. Yeah, he was old in the nineties. You know, yeah, so that's like, right. if he's if he's still around, then this guy has to be just like a floating cloud of dust that's just somehow corporeal. Yeah. And he was around for, I mean, I think like many people, I first saw him on Seinfeld, right? But he, he must have been around forever before that doing comedy stuff. I think he was like a 60s comedy duo with uh, his, with his wife, wife or right? something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah, Ben's oh, like cool. a weird Nepo baby sort of <laughs> thing. But back before like Nepo babies, like anybody mentioned it, you know? So it's just like, all right, yeah, there's Ben Stiller. And yeah, I, I think they were like old school, not vaudeville. That would make him like 250 years old at this point <laughs> if he's still around. But uh, yeah. Yeah. But like like Smothers Brothers, uh, R.I.P. era. Like of of comedy, right? Right. Yeah. There's. I was. I was thinking about this recently. There's something about '60s comedy that just totally does not hold up, like at all, in a pretty harsh way. I think more so than many other decades, at least for me personally. Yeah. I mean, I think you're figuring out the the art form, you know, and what it is at that point, and so. I mean, you look at back at some of like the 60s albums of comedy and it's like a whole thing taking yeah. down Spiro Inu or something like that. And you're like, yeah. uh, what? You know, yeah. like they- <laughs> <laughs> And there's that very famous one, the first family album. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I don't Mm-mm. think I do. 
Okay, so one of the most popular comedy albums, maybe even of all time, was an early 60s album called The First Family. And it was this guy, Vaughn Meter, who did essentially a really good JFK impression. And, you know, it's him doing the, the, doing the impression the whole time. And it was like this massively, massively popular thing. Blew it out of the water. Then, of course, JFK dies. And this guy's career. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you haven't seen uh, In the Line of Fire, uh, JFK does. Uh, oh, the Zap well, Bruder film is my favorite movie, but yeah, I didn't realize that's, right. that's uh, <laughs> what happened yeah, but there. You, you never watched till the end. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. I watched the just, first just eight the first seconds. Frame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so JFK dies, and this guy's career, because this is like the one thing he's known for, just goes down the tubes, and suddenly. You know, I think he recorded a sequel and it's it just it's just gone. And it was one of these like comedy ephemera things where you still see this album showing up in like Goodwill and secondhand stores to this day. It's not hard to find because everybody immediately was like, oh, this this feels bad. I can't listen it's to this distasteful. anymore. It's uh, distasteful. Yeah. Especially when he's like, ah, yeah, I, I need you like I need a hole in my head. And people are like, oh, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have said that. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. I was just listening to some clip from this because it's so it's it's fascinatingly out of date now. Mm-hmm. But to me, nothing nothing illustrates like oh my god, why or what? Like more so than laughing, which is like I think actively bad in, in most cases. You know, consuming television as a child. I got to see, you know, your mashes, your the monkeys, but I don't think laughing yep, was ever yep. part of the syndication that I consumed. No, so I never really saw much laughing and never needed to seek it out. That's interesting. I, you're right. It wasn't in syndication like a lot of the other 60s stuff, like especially the monkeys. Maybe even after like whatever, 1970, they were like, this isn't going to hold up. We got to right. shelf this. <laughs> But yeah, it's garish. It's not fun to look at. The humor is really broad and not in a way that that holds up. Yeah, but Jarek, I look okay. Well, I, we I want to establish some okay, some some things here. Everybody, Thanks. this is late night with Brian Wecht. I'm introducing the show now because I feel like it's been long enough that I can save face. Uh, my name is Brian Wecht. Sitting across from me today, we don't have Layton. Layton is off doing something very cool that we can't talk about, but she's very happy about it. Uh, so we have, sitting in for Layton, the one, the only, Jarek Centeno. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's great to be back. If you weren't at our episode 200 live, then you missed me taking off my shirt, which I will probably never do again. Do you remember um, doing it? Is yes, the question. I do. I you do. were pretty drunk. I was... Wait, do you mean you'll never take off your shirt again in general, like you're showering <laughs> in that hoodie, just <laughs> soaking wet, just forever. heavy? Yeah. Which is funny because I heard a story, not to derail, but I heard a story that my girlfriend Leah told me that she overheard uh, a yoga teacher. I forget where they were, but she overheard him saying how he showers with his yoga mat, which I thought was what? very disturbing. Yes. Like he cleans it in his shower while he showers. I think it's very disturbing. So um, no. I will I will take off my shirt, but in more appropriate time. So 
in private, generally speaking. Yes, exactly. So yes. maybe, maybe some swimming situations might be exceptions, but how did it go over with the shirtless? Like, did it get a good good pop? Or what are we talking here? Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. It was. It was. It was a. It was big. It was big. Yeah. It was unexpected by everybody, and there were some some hoots and hollers. Jarek's a very attractive young man, and you. uh, the audience uh, the audience appreciated it, uh, and so did I on stage. I thought it was. You're I welcome. thought it was a good moment. You all now. I, yeah. Why you did it is beyond me, but look, it, it was a you eventized it. I think you you turned the show into something special. The thing I felt like was I felt like I was on the Eric Andre show while up there, so I wanted to throw in my own chaos. <laughs> uh-huh. so I know it was nothing I'll, like. I'll take it, that as a compliment. You're welcome. <laughs> so, and our special guest today, which I'm really excited, we have. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I am Bill Conway. I am the co-founder and editor-in-chief of the satire website, The Hard Times. Yeah. Awesome. Fuck yeah. And I think we need to say upfront that mm-hmm. there is a connection to this podcast. Yeah. So we have fan slash friend of the podcast, Colleen Nerdy, who works with Bill at The Hard Times, who is also a fan of Late and Night, um, who actually also got me on a cover of a Hard Times article. Oh, that's right. I didn't that's know right. this. Yeah, I think you're facing away from the camera. Uh, <laughs> I, I, maybe like mid-kickflip or something like that? Yes. Okay, so this, this is a great story, which I want to confront you about, Bill. So. Oh, okay. Ooh, Wait, I'm wow. being confronted, not, not just discussing. <laughs> this is... This is uh, hold on. So, I, I got like some brass this. knuckles in my drawer here that I'm just going to slide <laughs> over my fingers. Well, Jesus, jerk. So... I had pitched to Colleen this idea. She, uh, I think the story was about um, being too old to kickflip or being too old to skate. And I had this idea where I was like, oh my God, Colleen, let me go down to El Toro High School, which is this, there's this famous 20 stair set where like only a handful of people have done tricks down. And I told her that I want to Photoshop me kickflipping down these stairs. And... Uh-huh. I made this journey down with my friend Micah. I had my friend. Where, 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 actually, where I didn't realize you drove down there. Yeah. Like I would have. I would have <laughs> said save your gas money a lot sooner than that. Where is El? Is it? Is this San Diego or where? No, it's like Orange County. So Orange County, somewhere okay. in Orange County. So we drove down there from Los Angeles, which is not a big of a deal. Now my friend Gino photoshopped me kick flipping. Oh, Gino! Over Famous these Gino. stairs, but the. Silliest thing was that they put these um, rails in front of the stairs now. So he photoshopped me not only kickflipping down the stairs, but also over the railing, which covered the stair set. Mm-hmm. So it looked way more stupid. And I, I pitched this idea to Colleen. What's the specific idea that you pitched? Sorry. Was me kickflipping down El Toro's uh, okay. 20 stair. And it, she yes. said that, sorry, Bill vetoed the photo and can you just send the picture of you kick flipping on flatland <laughs> so in context with the headline that it went with which i think was breaking colon your back after this failed kick flip was oh. <laughs> and, and my logic behind it was everybody in, in the history of the world would break their back kick flipping el toro you know like there's like five skateboarders that would not get their back broken doing that. So the logic behind it being like, well, yes, uh, let's just 
make you an old man doing a flat ground kickflip. Uh, and that is the, the crux of the article rather than the most uh, supreme super athlete that just happened to suffer a, uh, <laughs> a back injury on this massive stair set that only, I mean, it got Dave Baczynski the cover of Thrasher, yeah. you know, wow. like it's, yes. uh, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, it, when when he kick flipped that because Dave Baczynski is from um, pro skateboarder from a similar area in Massachusetts as me, that was his ticket to like to the big time. Like people were talking about it, like oh, Dave Baczynski just punched his ticket to uh, top name skateboarder. He kicked first to kick flip El Toro. Like that's how big of a deal it was. Uh, but uh-huh. uh, I didn't realize he made the trip. Uh, so I guess. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just invoice me for some gas money and uh, <laughs> we'll get that over. I think it's vastly better that you vetoed this. It's so yeah. much funnier. Like that's that, that would honestly be my preferred outcome. Now, Jerk, did you do did you do anything on these stairs besides just take photos? Did you Dude, these stairs are like massive, man. No. I mean, I walk we walked up and down them um and they created wow. they created all these barriers. You walk up. Yeah. It's they, 20 stairs. That's impressive. Yeah, that's right. There. <laughs> They created all these like roadblocks and barriers in order to skate. So hence that like giant gate in front of it. Yeah. They put like divots in front of the stairs, like at the top and the bottom. But yeah, it's like a really like legendary skate spot. Um, if you're into skateboarding culture, was it bigger than you expected when you saw it in person? Oh yeah, it's huge. The craziest thing that's like super long. Yeah. And it makes sense why people had to like haul ass prepping for it. So people presumably got fucked up on this thing like all the time right oh yeah yes yeah you probably haven't seen the amount of carnage that that those stairs set like the reason they have blocked them off is probably because of all the broken legs and ankles and blown out knees that are just from yeah, some yeah, yeah. like 14 year old kid that wants to get sponsored by santa cruz that's like well right. i'm going to el toro you know and it's just like oh dude well now you're going to be three inches shorter for the rest of your life because you tried that and it's it's at a high school like it's it's on high school property. Yeah. And what's crazy enough is that like I think we went on a Saturday and just the gate somehow was just open for you to freely walk in, which is uh-huh. was a surprise to me. I thought we would get stopped, but the person is, stopping me was Bill. In this so situation. is this the kind of thing uh, I'm so ignorant of, of skating culture. Uh, is this the kind of thing like if you showed someone a picture of these, they would know what they were looking at or no? Yeah. In skateboard culture, at least. Almost any skateboarder should know. There's like 15 spots that are just like, you know, the name, like every spot really has a name, but there's like 15 like legendary spots. Like El Toro is one of them. Wallenberg four is another Mm -hmm. one. Have you ever seen that one in person, Jarek? I haven't seen Wallenberg in person yet. No, it's not like the highest, but again, the length of it, it's like, yeah. That's why they had this ramp to roll into it. When I lived in San Francisco, I lived close by to there. So I would skate flat ground in that parking lot. And there was one day where I was there. So Brian, for for you. uh, Yes, please. Wallenberg. It's at a school in San Francisco. It's four big blocks. They're not stairs. They're just chunks of space you know like that like that discrete up. chunks that are not connected yeah like <laughs> it each one would be like a ledge stacked on top of each other you know like I backed up and there's like two angles that everybody films these from and one of them is up on a basketball hoop this long lens thing because you can see the whole stair set so i'm skating mm-hmm. flat ground and i see a guy start climbing the hoop i'm like oh somebody's going to be filming here real soon so two angles filming and i'm looking around like all right who's who's stepping to this while i'm skating flat ground and I look, and there's a scooter kid uh, that's up on, there's oh, up on no. like the, yeah, there's like up on the roll in because skateboarders had built a roll in 
for some reason, it just, the school kept it. I don't know if it was summer break, but it was there for a while. And this kid kept scooting down and then getting right to the edge and like kind of stopping and just being like, all right, he's working himself up. Scooter kid's going to try to tail whip it or something like that. Oh my he eventually God. like screams like out of frustration and then snaps the arm of like the bar of his scooter. Like he focused his scooter, got so what? pissed off. Yeah. And then his friends just kind of like slowly climbed back down from the basketball hoop <laughs> oh, no. and just like everybody left in silence. Like, uh, and me and my friend who are just getting flat ground are just like, what a coward you know you had two <laughs> angles you're showing up and that you break your own scooter and leave like get out of here yeah the i can understand the backing down the breaking the scooter part though is like <laughs> what are you doing is. right I, I, like, you know he needed a reason not to attempt it anymore and the best way to uh-huh. do it is to not oh, have yeah. the vehicle so no that's that's true yeah or else his friends would keep going just give it one try one try you know and yeah because you know how now, peer pressure and scooter kids go hand in hand you know like so <laughs> yeah the the scooter scene is a whole thing i'm sure the now now i'm assuming that t- tell me if this is true or not most of these legendary spots were not built for skating they're just things mm-hmm. that have become like that would make them less cool and interesting presumably 100 percent. yeah there are things that uh oftentimes have varying degrees of keeping people away from skateboarding them. So people find different ways to skate them, like certain ledges. Uh, and yeah. there's a really good series that Thrasher did called This Old Ledge that was about mm. um, San Francisco spots. But yeah, skate park footage is never cool to most skateboarders. <laughs> like if you see it, you're just right. like, yeah, right. I get it. That's the training ground, but you're supposed to take that out to the streets, baby. You know, that's where yeah. the, the raw stuff happens. Well, also back in the day, you're like breaking into people's yards and shit to do the pools, right? Exactly. Originally. So yeah. yeah. What are the legendary spots here in LA? There's a lot. There's Hollywood High. I was uh, just so, going to say the banks at Hollywood High, which are now knobbed, I think. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Not Hollywood High banks, but Hollywood High Stair 16. Is that the one that's right on Highland? Is that Hollywood High? Yeah, you see a bunch of like, it's like the stairs is like right on the right next to the sidewalk. And you see I think like I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it's on Highland. But uh, Bill, sorry, the the banks I were talking about, I don't remember what school it is, but it's like- It's near, the like, brick ones though, right? The brick banks? Yes. Yeah. I think, I think they're knobbed already. Sunset's Car Wash, which is also got a bar at the bottom of it now. There's Radio Korea. Oh, yeah. The ledge is there. Yeah, there, there's a lot at that in that Koreatown spot. Like the yeah. there's the plaza up top and then the, the the gap ledges at the bottom. Right. Oh, there's also that like giant hubba. It's the Staples Center. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Staples Center ledge. That That's uh, massive. Somebody, yeah. Uh, did you see the kickflip frontside 50-50 on that thing? Insane. Oh, uh, no. But, no, I didn't. Yeah, I forget who did it, but um, L- LA is such a weird, weird place. I was driving through Pasadena the other day and there was like a hip that was in like all the 90s skate videos that like, mm-hmm. I can just see, see like Chad Muska doing a nollie heel flip on it. It's like a hip and then it drops off the thing. I was like, that's in oh. Pasadena? Like, what the <laughs> fuck, you know? Like, Speaking of Chad Muska, it was funny to find out how many skateboarders came out of san diego the affiliation with san diego skateboarding is so weird like chad muska was like homeless in san diego right before he launched into skateboarding rob durdeck lived in like pacific beach and had that whole like house before they launched alien workshop and then like a million like pro skaters still live in uh san diego which i find really interesting Uh, like danny way san diego has a special 
different breed of uh, person down there. You know, it's just kind of yeah. a, you know, a different attitude. Speaking of San Diego, Bill, doesn't Tony Hawk live in San Diego? I, I think for a shorthand, you would just say San Diego, but it's like right. Escondido or whatever, oh, you know, yeah. like one of those yeah. places. Where I was going with that was I would love to hear about your time recording podcasts with Tony Hawk because you did oh, have yes. a podcast in with him. I did. I interviewed Tony Hawk probably the end of 2022. I'd sent him like a message, like a DM through the hard times because I saw he followed it. And I was like, hey, you know, we do a podcast. Would you ever want to talk on it? And no response for two years, which is fine. He's a busy person. I didn't ever yep. expect a uh, response. It was a shot in the dark. And then one morning I woke up and had a message from him like, hey, yeah, I have time. You want to swing by my place and we'll we'll do it. But like, I actually wasn't doing the podcast anymore that I had asked him about, you know, we had yeah. stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I messaged him. I was like, Oh, Hey, we're actually not doing that podcast anymore. And I told my wife and she's like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> Just you know, go hang out with the guy. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. What, what am I doing? And so I messaged him back and was just like, yeah, you know, I'd love to, you know, talk. And so he gave me his address, went down to his place. Uh, he's got a very, strangely enough, very nice house. You would never mm-hmm. expect it. Uh, mm-hmm. but I figured I was going to go into a place where he has like 12 roommates, you know, air mattress on the floor in the kitchen, but no, the air mattress is on a bed frame now is, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And he was super kind and generous with his time. And I just asked him like about like early eighties skateboarding and like touring around because it was like in that time of skateboarding where it was popular, but not like still like frowned upon, you know, like everybody's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Like yeah. grow up sort of thing. When I started skateboarding in like 1996, Tony Hawk was like the old skateboarder back then, mm-hmm. you know, because he was like 30, yeah. you know? So right. I was like, oh my God, he's so <laughs> fucking old. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like in my head, he's like always been 30, if not older. So I was like, oh wait, he was like 16 or 17 when he was like doing like these tours and yeah. stuff like that. And just like how crazy yeah. of a weird life that has been to make it skateboarding and the ups and downs. But yeah, definitely was interesting getting to talk with him because I mean, you think skateboarding, the first name that jumps to your head is Tony Hawk. Absolutely. Right. I wanted to ask Bill, you mentioned Massachusetts before. Mm -hmm. So where in Massachusetts did you, did you grow up? I grew up on the South shore. Uh, I was born in Brockton. I grew up two towns over in a small town called Hanson. Uh, mm-hmm. The claim to fame for Hanson is it was the original home of the Ocean Spray Company, so okay. pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> not not trying to brag, but are there uh, cranberry bogs nearby? Oh yeah, I'm a bog guy. Yeah. I got bog you're, water I, in my blood. You, you, you know, you had kind of a bog vibe about yeah. it. Yeah, I, I figured. Yeah, <laughs> I get that often. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I lived by so many different bogs. Where it's like, All right, we're gonna go catch some snapping turtles down at the bogs, and it's like we're just uh-huh. hill, hillbillies in Massachusetts. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I lived for a while in the next town over as well, Whitman, which is the home of where the chocolate chip cookie was invented. So if anybody oh, says, "Wow," you know, hey. Did you know the chocolate chip cookie was invented in Los Angeles? <laughs> Smack them in the face. And you say, no, it was not. Mm-hmm. Whitman, Massachusetts, you motherfucking piece of shit. <laughs> uh, did you do any comedy stuff in, in like Boston at all? Because I, I was in the Boston comedy scene for uh, several years. And I'm always mm-hmm. curious to talk to people about it. I did not. I didn't start doing comedy stuff until I had moved to San Francisco. And so I didn't start to like, I was like 27 when I was, and it was like 2010-ish, but 
I, I had seen some comedy around Boston and always thought like, oh, I should do that. And then like, I had a friend that worked at this place called Harold's in Alston and they did like an open mic. And I Wait, remember like sitting in Harold's like the ice cream place. You know it. <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah. Did you do the open mic at Harold's by any chance? I was uh, only in improv. Okay. And, so I was the musical director of the improv asylum for oh, okay. about uh, three years. And that was my main thing. And I did some acting stuff there in improv Boston. So well. what were your years uh, in, in Massachusetts? Like mid 2000s, 2004 to seven. Okay. And then I was back and forth and then I moved to kind of like New York, New Jersey area, but I came back to Boston a bit and I was back in Boston briefly uh, in like 2011-ish. Uh, so that, yeah, 2004, 2007, it's like the range that I actually lived in Boston proper. So we were probably huh. um, around the same thing. If you were going to yeah. Harold's to get an ice cream, you probably got an ice cream from like my roommate, Jackie, you know, oh, like there's, awesome. uh, there's <laughs> yeah. a, like a more than 0% chance that my ex-girlfriend Sid or my roommate, Jackie served you <laughs> some sort of milkshake. Uh, That's great. Yeah. I lived in, uh, in Cambridge for a bit. And then I lived in the North end when I moved in with my, uh, girlfriend slash now wife, um, you know, now wife for almost 17 years. Uh, because she was a main stager at Improv Asylum. Okay. And I was the music director, so it was just like right around the corner from from there. So we lived the North End life. You know, you go to the bank and people are speaking Italian and there's yes. like some guy in a hat that's always on the same bench. North End guys love hats. It's the hat they, capital of Boston. You are not wrong about that. There was, <laughs> there was a, a cheese shop that had the same dude in like a fedora, a very old guy where he must have been somebody, capital S somebody, because people would walk up, they would talk to him, they would leave. And this guy just sat outside the cheese shop right across from our apartment all day, every day. And it's like, who has this man killed? You right, know, right. like th this guy has Honestly, a history. no Whitey Bulger. And, yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I love living in the North End. It, it was its own weird little microcosm of a very particular set of Boston. When I was in high school, I went to a vocational school and I was in it for... Um, like residential electrical stuff to become an electrician. And in my senior year, you did a work co-op where you would go to school for one week and then you would be out on job sites for the shop week. And yeah, yeah. the company I worked for was doing some work in the North End, like a, a fancy, fancy restaurant in the North End. I will never be able to remember the name. So it was one of the more upper crust establishments I remember. And their electrical panel yeah. was like fried. They're like, what What happened here? Like we need electricians in here. So I go in and I pull the panel cover off and I immediately was able to troubleshoot the problem was that a rat had crawled across the two main terminals and as it electrocuted <laughs> itself, it blew out the thing. I was like, oh, oh guys, I think it's the rat uh, cor corpse that might have done this. Uh, I know I'm not licensed. I'm just the apprentice here. <laughs> so maybe we got to get somebody higher up, but I think it's this absolutely yeah. charred fucking rat here that's uh, right. the problem. Which it was also a scene in The Departed. Yes, yeah. It, yeah it that's was right. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. It it's, takes you out of it sometimes, though, when you're just like, what's, what's up with the rat? My, my, my favorite North End thing that happened was on the day we left. So my then fiance and I were moving to New Jersey. And our 
Italian landlady. We lived in a building with three apartments on three floors. Bottom floor was our landlady. Top floor was her aunt. And the middle was us. Her aunt was old and deaf. And we'd have to go up and like listen to her answering machine and be like, you know, uh, Alan, uh, you know, your son's going to come by tomorrow at 6 p.m. Do you need me to call him? Yes, please call him. Okay. We'd go up and change light bulbs. We'd bring packages. Up. It was awesome. So uh, the day we we go to leave, our landlady hands us a, a, you know, like a styrofoam container full of Italian food, rice balls, calzones, you know, all, all this stuff. And she knows we're moving to Jersey. And she goes here, I just wanted to give you guys this food. Uh, I just, I, I don't think you're going to be able to get good Italian food in New Jersey. <laughs> this is, by the way, 2007, the height of the Sopranos. <laughs> and we were, I was like, and I, I grew up in Jersey and I was like, you know, uh, what do you say? You say, thank you very much. You know, I appreciate that. You know, and they were great. They're, you know, nice balls. Like it's good North end Italian food, but somehow I was like, but isn't it the most famous thing about it? It's like Bruce Springsteen and Italians, right? Yeah. That's, that's so. really the only two things, uh, that are like positive uh, that you can otherwise you just get into <laughs> smells funny yeah. the turnpike's yeah. crappy you know and yeah, then bad just, airports yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah but that's why I love that it's such a like you know mom kind of thing to do yeah. to oh you're not going to be able to eat really take this food you know make it last a while you'll be okay Jarek, for you, if you want to go back and watch some of PJ Ladd's wonderful, horrible life, you will see some North End skating at some of the oh. ledges there. Yeah, so it's it's more Charlestown, oh. but it's close okay. enough. Uh, the Charlestown Shipyard, I believe it is, okay. uh, Brian. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some famous ledges over there in PJ Ladd. Uh, probably the most prominent of the Massachusetts skateboarders mm. uh, skates that in this video from, I don't know, 25 years ago at this point. I forget. It's so old. And so you've been in LA for, for a while now? I moved here with my wife at the end of 2018. Like this will be year six when we get to November. Mm -hmm. And like we had lived in San Francisco for six years and Portland for six years. And like that time seemed like forever, you know, like it seemed so long, but this six years in Los Angeles seems like, oh, we're still new to Los Angeles. Like we've been here for three months. Right. Dude, I've been here since 2015 and I feel like it's one of these towns where Almost every week I learned about some new neighborhood that I have never heard of before, couldn't tell you where it is, and suddenly people are talking about it like it's a thing. Right. Uh, Leighton and I were just talking about how, you know, we watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, and we've been here in LA for a while. Nothing in Curb Your Enthusiasm looks familiar to me, literally ever. Where the fuck does that show take place? Like, it's somewhere <laughs> on the west side, question mark. It's 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 like, I guess where... Rich people live and maybe older people live in LA. Is it like Larchmont? I really couldn't tell you. I think it's like Brentwood mostly. Is it? I might I feel be. Like, I wouldn't I feel know. Like a lot of it's yeah. Brentwood. Yeah. Speaking of LA and new and neighborhoods, Bill, are those curbs that you slap you all the time? The ones at Costco? Yeah, at Water Village. I've still yet to hit those curbs. How are they? How are they? How are they? They're the best curbs in all of Los Angeles. What the? What's wrong with this guy? Yeah, give it to him, Bill. Give it to him. There's a reason that people seek out these curbs. Uh, It is my favorite skates, but a because I'm turning forty this year, and all of my my entire skate philosophy is don't ollie down anything you can't ollie up. So everything here is flat ground, low impact. 
but everything is waxed to perfection and mm. you will occasionally get the skateboard celebrity sighting like Jerry Sue that was there the other day and I was like, oh, oh. God, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. Come on. I, yeah, it's, it's big time. Here's the thing. Here's what weird, it's weird about Los Angeles. He does a kickflip and he's super pumped on. He's like, I just landed a kickflip to his buddy. So he must have just been getting over an injury, you know, so it's like the ankle's finally back and it's like, yeah. all right, I got the yeah. kickflips back. But mm-hmm. just to see that in person, but I used to live in Frogtown and I lived right by the skate park, which is a trash skate park by all definitions. It's metal, it's loud, it's small. And if there's more than like four people in there, you're like, this is a packed house. But uh, <laughs> so many like pro skateboarders like live just on the east side and that's yeah. their hangout spot. So it's like, oh, Eric Austin's here with this kid, uh, you know, Grant Taylor's oh, wow. just rolling by. Uh, and so it was like celebrity sightings whenever wow. I'm like taking my dog out for a walk and just being like, yep, yeah, okay, the entire anti-hero team is skating here for some reason. You know, I, I don't get it, but... Uh, that's insane. Yeah. The closest thing I came to like mega skateboarder, pro skateboarder in LA is I delivered food to Guy Mariano's house in Ooh, Burbank that, once. That's a big one right there. It's in Burbank. Yeah, it's somewhere in Burbank. I think like near What's the What's the address, Jared? Yeah, exact address for Guy <laughs> yeah. Mariano's house. Yeah. I'll post about it later. That's great. I love it when people just say their phone numbers. Some people are have the guts to do this. I definitely do not. But you know, sometimes people will be like, hey, here's my phone number. Just call me. They're on like a podcast or whatever. I've seen a few people do this recently. I have so much uh, respect. Yeah, people put that shit out there. When I was a kid, um, Matt and Kim put out their like band phone number or phone number, and I still have it in my phone. I don't think they answer uh-huh. it anymore. But like you're just like texting them, like, "Hey, Kim, what up?" You know, like <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I was like a junior or sophomore in high school, I texted them to come to Hawaii, and she actually responded. So what? She responded yeah. no, and then just <laughs> yeah. blocked your number. <laughs> well, I would. I, I cannot imagine texting or calling or whatever a number like that. But so many people fucking would. Of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Uh, you know, you guys are probably Jarek. You're definitely too young for this. Okay, uh, Bill, you might be as well. Uh, they might be giants. Used to have dial a song when they were first starting out, and early, early on, on the back of their albums, they had a phone number which was, I think, an answering machine in someone's apartment for a while. And the, the tagline was, dial a song, free when you call from work, which I always wow. remember. Yeah. And they just left like little songs on the answering machine for a while. And this is like when they were just starting out in the you know, early, mid-80s. Uh, they would just put different songs. Oh, that's so rad. They're not a band that I like really got into that much, but I've always just interested like the way their minds work and doing certain things like that. I was always like, they're, they're interesting yeah. people. They they used to do this thing. I think they stopped doing this when they play, but I've seen them uh, not recently, but over the years many times. They used to do a thing where on stage with their band, it's not just the two of them, they have a full band with them. They would tune the radio and just kind of flip the dial and land on a song and then start to play along to it to see how long it would take the full band to get on board with playing the song. Well, yeah. I always thought that was such a great nice. like concert move. And they always like crushed it. Oh shit. Speaking of music, Bill, who has the best song to skate to in a skate park? Or what are are there any interesting other bands that you found through skate videos? It's it's tough to like not just go like the easy one just being like the misfits because they're in so many uh skate yeah. videos. For me, the 
song choice plus skate part like all time best is Jamie Thomas skating to Hallowed Be Thy Name by Iron Maiden in oh, yeah. uh, Welcome to Hell because it's got mm. an intro. It's got like and. It, they just edit it like so perfectly, but I don't think anybody else can skate to Iron Maiden. Uh, no. You know, uh, it's <laughs> not really an easy thing to do. But yeah, I, I'd have to say something like just easy punk, simple stuff like The Misfits is always just the best yeah. for me. Uh, Black Flag, The Misfits, like good Black yeah. Flag, not like current Mike V Black Flag or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, but. You know, the first, we're talking first four years, Black Flag. I don't even, here's here's the thing. I don't even like Rollins, Black Flag. You know, like, get out of here, Rollins, you know? Yeah. First four years only, please. That's all I need. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For me, I think it would have to be Louis Barletta, Bag of Suck doing Rods. Was it Bag of Suck, Rod Stewart? Yeah, Yeah. Young Turks. So, uh, Brian, there was a skate company called Enjoy, E-N-J-O-Y. And these are some of, like, the most, like, goofiest guys ever. And one of the staple guys of Enjoy is this guy, Louis Barletta. He's got a haircut like, that looks like he's straight out of the monkeys. Yeah, you know, from he Dinosaur has, Jr. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's got a bowl cut. And I guess they were editing down his video and the editor forced on him Young Turks by Rod Stewart. And he was like, I don't even own any Rod Stewart, nor have I ever heard of this song before. And But they forced it on him and it's like a big hit, so... My friend Kyle had a big part in making that video, uh, oh. Kyle Camarillo. And I met him just living in San Francisco. He was, you know, a Bay Area guy. And when I was living in San Francisco, I worked right near Third and Army, legendary skate spot, Brian, yeah. Third and Army. Fun story, Jarek. I was eating my lunch across the river one day and I saw Dennis Buzinitz trying his backside nose blunt around the curve, which ended up on the Thrasher cover. And oh, I saw him slam oh, wow. over the bar multiple times, like <laughs> just basically power bombing himself to the ground. And I was like, these are the hardest slams I've ever seen as I'm like eating my lunch. Um, <laughs> but um, I was skating there one night after work. It was like in that time of the year where it's like, not daylight savings yet, but it's getting dark early. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. I get out of work at five. It's like, I got 30 minutes of sunshine, you know, that I can get out there and yep. skate. And at like 520, a car pulls up. I'm the only person there. Where Third and Army is in San Francisco is it's behind. You have to take this weird service road down and it's behind mm. a big station where they repair all the buses. So it's an industrial part of town. Okay, yeah. And there's... Yeah. There's nothing back there other than this weird thing that they built for seemingly for skateboarding, but it was mainly for these people to take their lunch breaks at. And so a car pulls down there. One guy stays by the car and the other guy just comes and he starts looking over the river. That's right by third and army. He's just like looking, he has his arms on the bar. He's looking over. And every time I skate in one direction, he seems to be like coming closer to where I have my backpack. And Mm -hmm. then eventually like I'm skating back and I see him start to, make a line to like grab my bag. And I get his logic because there's a lot of skateboards that go there. You have camera equipment and other stuff in your bag. He probably thought yep. maybe I was one of them. I was not. I was just a guy that worked in a warehouse. <laughs> I had a sweatshirt yeah. and a copy of Lolita, I believe I was reading oh, at the course. time. So yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And I saw him make a move for my bag. So I pick up my board like as a weapon. I'm like, I don't think so, you piece of shit, you know, sort of thing. And then he pulls a gun on me and oh, points, yeah. It like, oh yeah, points it right in my face. He's like, get the fuck down, get the fuck down. Don't fucking look at me. And I'm like, oh, great. So I just like laid on top of my skateboard. So he didn't like take that. And then he ran off with all my stuff. But I was recounting that story to 
skateboard legend Carl Watson like the next day and Kyle overheard that story and him and I kind of became friends after that because it was like and he's like kind of like in the same music scene but that was a fun time getting robbed at gunpoint highly recommend it you know it's very fun especially when they steal your phone and then you have to go back and like call your girlfriend that you're living with from like the tattoo shop you just got tattooed at where you're like, I don't even know my girlfriend's number, you know, at this point, like, because who memorizes phone numbers at this point? So I had to call my brother and be like, hey, what's her phone number so I can call her and let her know I can't get in the house because my keys were stolen. And, uh, and yeah, so that was, that was a good time. God. On the flip side, now there's a new Nabokov fan yes. out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's been working his way slowly through the catalog. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's getting to the point where he's reading the Russian stuff now because he's just like Nabokov oh, always said his Russian stuff was better yeah. than his English stuff. So Yeah, I, re- I read Panin recently because I'd heard about it forever, and I was like, I don't know what the big deal is, guys. Like there's some of that Nabokov stuff. I, I love a lot of it, but uh I read a couple of years ago, Ada, Ada or Arder, and it was fucked. Oh, so hard to get through that shit. Mm-hmm. Like mm. borderline impenetrable. Also spoke and wrote in English, French, and Russian, kind of all all with equal fluency and mastery. Mm. Right. And as a lot of those books you read, and you're like, I I need a fucking translator just to get through this chapter. Yes. Uh, which is you know I remember seeing an annotated Lolita a while back, and you know Lolita is not that long of a book, but the annotated version is like the fucking Bible. Right. You know, there's a lot to, to get through. We should, and I would like to, but we also should talk a little bit about the hard times. Yes. Mm. Jarek, I hate to direct the discussion away from no. skating, uh, but if you have oh, any more pressing skate questions, we right can certainly back to address them. Immediately, yeah. so. <laughs> well, I, no, that's a good segue, I think, because I feel like a lot of hard Thank times. Thank you. I'm ve- I, I do want to say, just shut up for a second, Jarek. Uh, I'm very good at segues. <laughs> Notably so. So, you know, pe- people have called me the best segwayist in the business. I've heard uh, that. I heard that. Yeah, no, yeah. it's 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 what I it's what I'm known for. Not any actual interviews, but getting from one topic to another. That's where I really shine. It's an art. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's, it yeah, it's a great moment because I feel like a lot of hard times involves skateboarding adjacent themes. So I would love to talk about the hard times, which you are the co-founder and editor of. Yeah. Yeah. The hard times is kind of like a weird thing. We started it, you know, in 2014. It was uh, the idea of my co-founder, Matt Sankum. I had had him on a previous podcast I did called Edgeland, where I talked with people that are straight edge or that used to be straight edge about just uh-huh. not doing drugs. The most boring podcast you could ever imagine. Like, uh, <laughs> It's always nice when a podcast is about not doing something. Yeah. Right? You know, you, you know, you're in for a good time. Right. Yeah. It's very specific. You know, there's, there's at least 40 people that are interested in listening to this podcast. Uh-huh. So I had been friendly with him through that. We kept in touch. This was when people still kept in touch on Facebook, you know, like mm-hmm. where it was actually like some sort of social thing. And I saw that he had made a post like, I want to start like this thing. It's kind of like the punk onion. And I was like, oh, I'm in, you know, like I was three years into comedy at that point, And I was, I, I mean, I have every onion book that they ever put out, like every anthology wow. of the onion. So it's just that type of writing is ingrained in my brain since I was 14 when somebody went to New York and found, gave me like a hard copy of the onion when they still had those things around, you know? Oh dude, I I remember reading it like in 97 on like a text-based browser from college. 
you know, when you could like it would the page would take too long to load and you could only see the text. Mm -hmm. I remember those very, very vividly. Yeah. 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 So we started that and it was the very end of 2014. The whole thing was we're just going to do this, you know, as a hobby. That's all it was. And then it started to gain somewhat like, you know, in within our scene, you know, like I, we did an early story about like a singer of Black Flag and that singer shared it on Facebook. And I was like, holy crap, Ron Reyes is singing, <laughs> is sharing like a hard, how did he see this? You know, like that That's doesn't awesome. make any sense. And so we started to get this thought, like, are people actually like looking at this? And then it just continued to grow over time. And yeah, I mean, Matt is a dude that came from the Bay Area punk scene. I'm a guy that grew up in the Massachusetts punk and hardcore scenes. So cool. we have a pretty deep knowledge of, you know, what it's like to be at a show. We know every live venue trope there is of like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, we were just able to keep building and somehow we're 10 years in now and it's like, it's That's a full-time amazing, job, you know, and it's like, so hold cool. on a yeah. second. You know, it's never supposed to be like this. That's all, you know, it was not yeah. supposed to be like this. What's your day-to-day like there? Uh, you're, you're looking at it like right now, like I just moved this <laughs> microphone like out of my way, right. yeah. but it, it's mainly me looking at a computer. And are you fielding pitches and thumbs up, thumbs downing stuff, editing? Like what's, what's most of your, your work? When people started like coming to us and be like, Hey, I'd like to write for you. Like I have ideas. We're like, wait, what are you talking about? What do you mean? You like want to, <laughs> that's weird. And so we, started on like a, like a Facebook group and anybody that wanted to write for us, we would add them in. And then it started to get a little bit bigger and we're like, all right, we need to be a little more selective because we're adding in these people that turn out to be jackasses in here. So then we started like a system like you can email us like five headline ideas. If we like them, we'll add you to this group. And what we would do every week is we would tell everybody that's in that group. Like if you see somebody pitch a headline idea, that you think is funny and you think should be on the site, like give it a like, you know, and the editors will go through at the end of the week and we'll round up all of them that have like a certain threshold. And then we will look all of these over and we will decide from there, which ones get selected. That's kind of still our method today. Mm -hmm. So it's somewhat democratic. It's like, it's almost like the American political system, you know, where we're just oh, elected, you know. Uh, wow. This is the reason I'm here is to talk about the Electoral College. You know, <laughs> I'm just so... That's good. I hear they have some some great rails. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah there's a 24 stair out behind the Electoral College that uh, <laughs> Tommy Sandoval frontside flipped, and it was nuts. Yeah, that's uh, right. Mitch McConnell did some kick flips over there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we kind of... We'll do the editorial meetings. Colleen is usually in on those editorial meetings where we just kind of, the editors will look them over and be like, we think this is an okay take or something. And a lot of times, even if something is popular, like in our group, like it gets the most likes all week, you know, but then it turns out it's like some shitty pun. We're just like, this is nothing. It's a stupid pun. But yeah, so then we, the process is if somebody gets a, a headline assigned, they write it, we edit it, we put it up on on the page, they get the byline. We've, we have paid, you know, since day one, as much as we can at, you know, at any financial times, like the world of online publishing is a terrible business. I wouldn't recommend anybody like it. Yes. do it. Uh, like, please don't. If you ever have like a thought like, oh, I'd like to start my own hard times. The biggest advice I could give you is try not to do that. <laughs> I have heard this advice about literally, I think almost everything interesting is don't do it. You know, people, I remember 
people told this to me about music and comedy and everything. It's like, don't, don't, just don't yeah. do it. If you can do something else, don't do it, which is totally reasonable advice. Like, I completely get it. Right. I was talking with somebody about this, like this job that I have working at the hard times. It is like a dream come true, but also the most stress I've ever been under. Like oh my, God, my first job in Los Angeles was working at Baller Hardware on Hyperion and Silver Lake. It's a breeze, man. You know, just clock in, clock out, you know, and just yeah. like was doing hard times as a part-time thing. And then I went full-time at the hard times. And like every day I'm just like, you know, that feeling when like you check your your pants for your wallet and it's not there and you're like, your heart sinks and you're like, oh shit, did I lose my wallet? Like that's what I exist in basically all the time. I, I completely get it. I, so I, when I moved to LA, I quit, uh, I was an academic and I quit a tenured job, a, a job I could not be fired from literally ever. All I had to do <laughs> was stay there. And it wasn't like a super high paying job, but it was a steady income for the rest of my fucking life. And I was right. like, no, thank you. I'm going to go. My main thing is I'm in this comedy band where I dress up like a ninja. And I was like, I'm going to go dress up like a ninja and hope that that pays the bills for the rest of my life, I guess. And I'm sure they all thought that's a reasonable decision you are making. Uh, Like, go go forth. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. People were like, what? I was like, just respect the decision. Don't worry about the <laughs> It worked out, but yeah. But I think all the time about how I'm like, I, tr- I traded maybe the most job security you could possibly have. I mean, name another thing that's like academic tenure. It doesn't exist right. for a career where I'm like, how much money am I going to make this year? I have no fucking idea. Like no idea. Could yeah. be could be enough to keep the lights on. It could not be. And it's kind of out of my control. Yeah. In, in the stupid part about all of this is, would you trade that back? I don't think you would, would you? Nope. Like, yeah, no, not no. at all. Actually, I was just, I was DMing with another physicist yesterday about this. She, a friend of mine, she was like, you know, we're talking about people that left physics. Why did you leave? And I talked about it a little bit and I said, I, I regret nothing. You know, I yeah. left in mm-hmm. 2015 and I've gotten to do more fun shit than I really would have done had I stayed in academics. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But that doesn't mean I'm not constantly on the verge of having a coronary because of insecurity (laughs) and like, you know, and all the the things that come with being in the industry. I'm curious. You can absolutely decline to answer this for obvious reasons. Oh, I'm answering it. Here we go. Okay, great. Is there something like a headline, whatever, I guess in your case, probably headline that, you know, Everybody you've told it to is like, that's not funny, but you will defend as being the funniest shit you could possibly come up with. Is there anything that sticks out? I think I looked at the numbers and I think we've published over 12,000 things on like the hard times so far, you know? So it's like this crazy amount. And there used to be a time where I knew every headline and who wrote it. And now it's just like, I can't even remember what we published like four days ago, you know? So it is tough for me to think of something off the top of my head. You know what? There's one from a, a couple days ago. Let me let me get the exact. Yes, please. That I thought deserved more than it got, which was I was sitting next to Alanis Morissette and Dave Coulier in that theater, and I still don't know how Aladdin ends. And I thought that <laughs> one was that's, that's really good. Yeah, we're just rock solid stuff, and it did okay. Yes. But I was like, this is this uh-huh. is a hit. Well, I, I guess the question is, I think most people would probably still know Alanis Morissette. 
Dave Coulier, maybe more of a, maybe more of a pull. That's true. I, I do think, I mean, with all these, these Gen Z types and their, their love of nineties, you know, like mm-hmm. what, are they going to revisit think. full house, you know, and get a little, uh, uncle Joey in there, but I don't know. <laughs> But maybe they're not watching the credits. That's important. You know, I remember when he was a stand-up and he was doing his cut it out thing. Like oh. this with Jarek, do you know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about with cut yeah. it out? Uncle, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, Uncle Joey, yeah. There yeah, it is. Totally. Yep. Yes. Yes. I love the era of catchphrases. Yes. I didn't know he did stand-up before Full House. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. I was obsessed with stand-ups when I was in like high school, basically. Mm-hmm. And he was that was about the time he was like coming up. Yeah. I guess first. I think we should probably move on to some segments right now, unless Jarek, you have any other hard times questions. No, I guess the only one is, I just wanted to say I love all your Seeger Rose coverage. One of my favorite bands ever. Um, And my favorite Hard Times article about Seeger Rose was the karaoke one. Oh, yes. Be specific, Jarek, what's the headline? It was just about like um, people from an office going to karaoke and and be comparing Seeger Roast sounds to like whale noises. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah. So Seeger Roast karaoke massive flop at office yes. party. Is, yes, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> um, so my my favorite one for the Seeger Roast thing, and I, this is actually n- not going to work in a- any way, but it's new Seeger Roast album perfectly captures the universal experience of being and its Icelandic uh like nonsense. <laughs> it might even be Hopelandic or whatever language <laughs> yeah, Seeger yeah, Rose yeah. sings in. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of crazy things. But that one, that's another one that was like, this is really funny. And then it kind of yeah. like flopped. It's like, all right, well, you know, I guess uh, not an intellectual crowd here. You're not really getting the... <laughs> <laughs> but that's, those are the best ones, right? Where it's very funny to like five people. Yeah, Those are always my favorite things. I will have people tell me Oh, this is my favorite like hard times headline. And I'm like, oh, that was like a massive like flop. I remember like oh. putting that one out in one of those specifically. It was my friend Liam was like, I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and I mentioned that you know you do the hard times, and he's like, oh, my favorite all time headline is I have it here. Crowd surfing gang brutally enforces locals only policy at punk show, and you know it's just the surf culture locals only thing, and that <laughs> yeah. did. Not do well at all, but that was the one the guy referenced being like, that's my favorite all time one. I was like, all right, interesting. Cause like that, that's the one. But all right. I, uh. You know, it, it took me a second until you explained yeah. it as the yeah. surfing. It's like somehow I wasn't connecting the crowd surfing to surfing. The photo kind of helps it out a little bit, you know, right. if you could see the people crowd surfing and there's like a, but. I mean, Jarek, you said you're from Hawaii or lived yes. there at least. So, you know, the Born locals only surf oh, yeah. spots. Absolutely. Oh, this is what I want to ask. Who edits your photos? It's just very entertaining to me to see these photos. Yeah, it's uh, this guy, Chris Bavaria. A lot of times he'll send something over and be like, this is what you came up with, huh? All right, well, we'll, we'll, roll, we'll <laughs> roll with it, you know? Like, uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's 100% there is that thing of like, all right, this is like four stock photos stacked on top of each other, and uh, we're going we're gonna to go with it. Yeah. We are going to move on to segments. Sick. So our first segment, Bill, this is our pop culture recommendation segment. It's where you get to talk about 
something you've been enjoying recently. We say pop culture. It doesn't have to be pop culture. It could be an academic paper if that's your thing. Normally, it's something like a book, a movie, video game, whatever it is. This segment is called What's Poppin'? And unfortunately, we do not possess the technology to play the theme song, but we do insert it in post here. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? So I will ask you the question that I like to ask everybody, which is, if you were to have heard the theme song, what would you have thought of it? Oh, I would have loved it. I mean, it's probably, I mean. Of course, I wrote it myself. Knowing how good you are at segues, you know, like I can't even imagine like a quick stinger, you know, like that. Yeah. It's got to be through the roof. Uh, So. I don't like to brag, but you're entirely correct. <laughs> First couple of years of Black Flag, good. That's how it yeah, was. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we're talking the you, Des years of Black Flag, good. <laughs> <laughs> Jarek, why don't you go first? What's popping? What's popping is, okay, I have two poppins real quick. The first one hey, wait, is... Is that allowed? Right. Is that, Calm is down. That, to Fuck. two? Fuck it. Well, okay, so I guess I can't stop them now. It is hilarious. We can also veto this one. But it is a song called Wet Vagina by Doja Cat. I'm not going to veto your pop. Like, <laughs> what's what's but, it about? Yeah, uh, please be specific. I don't know, but one of my favorite lines is... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think we can... I don't know what do, it's about. I, I don't think know you what's know about. what it's about. I don't. I, I blank out when I hear Jarek, it, but I hear specific lines. pull up the lines. lyrics right yes. now and read them to us. That's why. Please. I'm going to read you one of my fa- two of my favorite lines. It's awesome. It says, I bring the drip with wet vagina. Yeah, what is this song about? What was that word after drip? I bring the drip with wet vagina. Okay, it's, great. It's annotated as wit. And the other the other <laughs> one is one of the verses, she says, I just shut down the Louis store down to be safe. I just shut down the Gucci store down to be safe. I ain't even buy anything. Then I left. That is one of my favorite verses of this whole song. Just shutting okay. down these like designer stores and not buy anything is it's very funny to me it's doja cat so she can do a lot of things um but my last pop in is wait wait hold girl. on just give me a second to read these lyrics yeah jerk i don't want to like mansplain this to you but uh i think the song is about a wet vagina <laughs> i'm pretty sure like reading the lyrics i think that's what we're talking about here <laughs> <laughs> also, here, here's a here's a line from it. I want to have really, really, really rough sex. Okay. I don't yeah. think I, I, I don't think there's a lot of subtlety going on here. They could have a double meaning though. But yeah, it seems like it might be about a wet <laughs> vagina. Just that's what I'm getting. I genuinely like the song, just as a song. Not nothing deeper than that, but it's just fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And my last pop-in is my girlfriend Leah and I have been watching The O.C. And we just finished the oh, first shit. season, the first season of The O.C. It is a show, in Leah's words, a show that keeps on giving. Because mm-hmm. there have been, like, so many wild arcs and, like, character plots. And just, like, there were, like, four or five villains in, like, the first season. And we just started the second one last night. And... It, it, it is just so funny, but also like so good. And it's so cool to see a lot of like the mid early 2000s, like indie rock artists and kind of see the show that like they give a lot of credit to like Transatlanticism by Death Cab is like 
is also a prop in the show, but also like played throughout. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and f- funny enough, they had like Rooney as like a guest guest oh, act, guest okay. band. Yeah. They have the album leaf. Love the album leaf. Friend of of ours and a past guest on the show. Oh, yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, saw multiple times at the Middle East in Boston. Uh, oh, so nice. A wedding video that a friend made for my wife and I is edited to an album leaf song. So if I ever get oh, like that's a, awesome. yeah, if I ever get a cease and desist on that, like, can you just like, <laughs> be like, come on, dude, you know, like, yeah. But yeah, it's just funny because I was talking to Jimmy and he said like that music supervisor basically like helped blow up all these like indie bands from the 2000s him being one of them because she went on to music supervised scandal which like has one of jimmy's like songs that like got super big so yeah just the oc for the writing which is actually just fun and funny and ridiculous um and also just good in my opinion and also like the all the 2000s indie rock that's my what's popping i love it brian what's popping What's popping for me now? This look, this is going to make me seem like I'm just jumping on a bandwagon, but I swear to God, I started watching this before it just won a bunch of Emmys. Uh, I've been watching Beef. Oh hell yeah! Fuck I yeah. love it. It is so, so good. great. Stylistically, it is unique. It has a unique look. It has a unique voice. Acting's great. Everybody in it is fucking awesome. Uh, especially the two leads, Stephen Yun and Ali Wong. But every all the minor characters, everybody is just great. Fun that it's like kind of an L.A. show as well. I'm just very, very into it. I think I'm on episode five, six now, something like that. And it just, yeah, it keeps getting better and better and better. Uh, and it's also, I don't know what I was expecting exactly. You know, it's something about road rage you hear. You're like, okay, well, where's the, how can they get 10 episodes out of this? And I just like that, you know, that's like the starting point. And then these lot, you just watch these people's lives intersect in all sorts of great ways. I think the worst part about the show is the title because <laughs> it just, you're like, what? It, no, what's going on with it? But that's also what I like about it yeah, because it's not predictable uh, from that title. Right. So, yeah. I love beef personally because one, it's like a primarily Asian cast Two, It's like Ali Wong. Like I haven't seen her act in something like that. She's isn't so comedy. Good, dude. Yeah. It's an incredible. And Stephen Young, like, I haven't seen him in anything in a while. And just like, this dude's like still got it and probably like oh, the best he thing he's done yeah. so far. I, in my no, they're, they're so. both great. But I was, uh, Layton and I were just talking about this on the mini episode this week. Ali Wong had newer stand up and she's a mm-hmm. great stand up. I cannot believe how good an actor she is. She is so great. Right. Uh, like, really subtle and interesting. And yeah, I, I think she's amazing in this show. So yeah. yeah, when I when I started comedy in San Francisco, she was already kind of like regionally popular, like San Francisco headliner, you know, but like not a national thing. And so, like, I would see her in like the like little ads of hers and like the alt weeklies. And so I was like yeah. kind of like rooting for Ali Wong, just being like, oh, she seems like a homegrown like San Francisco person. Like, and then yeah, you know, she yeah. blew up. It's like oh, that this is great. And then she has like a bit about dating skateboarders, which is like, makes sense. Uh, being like, Oh yeah. yeah, If she lived in San Francisco, she dated skateboarders at some point. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And now she's an Emmy winner because so cool. And just dating Bill Hader, who does not skate as far as I know. (laughs) No, that's Bill skater is the one. Oh yes. That's, I get those two confused all the time. That's right. It's it's easy. They're identical (laughs) twins. Uh, Bill, what's popping? All right. So uh, keeping in with the, television show theme 
there's a show that is on HBO Max that is not a it's not a Max original, even though I think they brand it as that. It's an Australian show called Frayed, like F R A Y E D. Oh. Mm. I don't know. Two, it. Yeah, it has two seasons. Uh, it is about a woman who is from Australia that moves to England, and she basically lies about her life. She marries a very rich man who dies, doesn't leave her any money. And so she has to go back to her place in Australia with her children and kind of went from massive wealth back to her gutter life in Australia. And it is so funny and so well acted. It has One of the cast members is the woman that plays Kunk on Kunk on Earth on Netflix. I forget her name oh, off the top yeah. of my head. Oh, God, what's her name? She's incredible. She has a moment in it that's one of the funniest TV moments that I had seen in quite some time. There's multiple big laughs. Season two is a little bit darker. Season one, you know, a lot more funny, but Frayed on HBO Max, if it's still on there. Okay. I have not heard anybody talk about the show, anybody that ever mentioned it to. They're huh. like, I have not watched that. But anybody that takes the time to watch it, like this was a very funny show. So Frayed. So awesome. Cool. Hell yeah. All right, Jarek. Why don't you introduce our second and final segment? Our next segment is Peaches and Lemons. It is a petty. Uh, uh, our you're next crushing segment. this introduction, Jared. You're <laughs> our doing, next se- yeah, we're keeping. Hey, I, I, you're going to be the one editing this. Keep all this in. Don't don't take this out. I love the way this is going. Our next segment is Peaches and Lemons, which is part petty grousing, part hurrahs in your life. <laughs> Um, we do three peaches, which are the hurrahs, the good things that have happened to your life, the awesome things. And then we do one lemon, which is the one shitty thing. It can be huge. It can be small. It can be petty. It can be not petty. The theme song for peaches and lemons goes here. Dude, that was really fucking good. Like, well, Thank who, you. Who, who does this stuff? <laughs> yeah, I had to go into a flow state for that. So, my favorite part—it it was a, a a good introduction, and I like that you sounded like you didn't want to be doing. It. That was my favorite. <laughs> that was part under duress. Uh, <laughs> yes, or you can't see is yeah. the gun off screen being pointed <laughs> yes, at him. That's right. Jarek's family huddled in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go first with a lemon. Um, I am my lemon is that I'm at home for a three-day window in between trips, and I'm about to leave with Jarek for two weeks for a recording session in Toronto, and I hate these, like, I got three days and I got all the shit done between trips. It's very stressful. I want to spend time with my kid and my wife and yet get all the work done. It's, it's not bad. It's just there's a lot going on that I need to pack into three days, including learning the fucking songs we're about to <laughs> record, which, I'll be honest, I have not done yet. And they're also <laughs> largely in different keys. There's a cover album we're doing. They're mostly in different keys than the original. And there's a lot of <laughs> piano shit going on. So I hope I have some time to practice in Toronto, which I will. It's going to be great. Cover album is going to be great. Nice. So that's my Hell one. Yeah. Uh, Jarek, yeah. why don't you hit us? My lemon is that. So we are going to Toronto, but the lemon with going to Toronto is I need to find a coat and we leave in two days. <laughs> you don't have a coat? <laughs> Dude, it's Toronto in January, and this trip was booked three months ago. I know. I've been 
So I'm hustling. You're fucked. You are I, so I fucked. This is a big problem. Like it's this. <laughs> have you been to the East Coast in the winter? Like it's uh, it is going to be bone jarring. Yeah, this is a Hawaii guy you're talking to. Yeah, to Hawaii and SoCal. That's why I don't own a parka, is because I've never had to until now, and I procrastinated, oh, which is my lemon. You are so fucked. I know. So I am hustling to find a parka. So cross your fingers, gents, that I find. You one. know what, Jarek? It won't be that cold. You'll be fine. Just bring 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 a light jacket. A it's like eighteen <laughs> degrees right now. When I check, you're, you're gonna experience one of my my favorite like cold weather things, which is where you walk outside and you can feel the inside of your nose freeze. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's it's a it's a unique thing that you only get when it's real fucking <sighs> cold, and you're gonna yeah. oh you're gonna feel it. Bill, what's your lemon, man? My lemon. All right. So this is a pretty LA specific thing. And maybe you guys will be able to relate to this. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're, you're at a red light. All right. And the perpendicular people are they're They're going, you know, and everybody has agreed in Los Angeles that after the light turns red, two people get to go left. That's two. Correct. Yeah. Two. The fucking third person that goes <laughs> yeah. left at a red Monster. light. Every time I will stare them down and do a throat slice motion at them because <laughs> the unwritten law, red, light has turned red, two people go left. That is it. You have to wait the next round. You don't get three fucking people. And drives me absolutely insane. I want to find every third left goer <laughs> and just... I strongly agree. Yes, I'm going to add on to that two things that piss me off is when that first person slowly yeah. turns oh, yeah. left and you're like move the, yeah there there's another person behind you gets turn left turn just right. go you gun it those wheels should be spinning you know as soon <laughs> yes. as you know that car is not coming straight across the intersection you gun it uh in pedestrians you should just know that this is how it it's goes and happen. you gotta That's look right. out for it if you're bombing on a bike or on a skateboard anticipate two cars going left that's just how 100%. it is everybody's gonna do it but the other thing that pisses me off even more is when you're one of those people that wants to turn left and then one of the people coming straight at you does the thing where they flash their lights to indicate, I'm not fucking stopping. I'm going to go through this intersection. And they're always doing it at top speed right. and will cause a collision if you decide to turn. And it is the most entitled bullshit. It, it drives me insane. I had a gigantic truck do this to me once and I, I almost lost my mind. I, I hate it so much because it's like I get to turn. Right. Stop. Your, the light's yellow. Chill out. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't want to co-op the lemon, but the, the this specific etiquette thing is there's many ways for it to go wrong. And in LA, you experience all of them. I went to, well, you can tell me this as a, as a former Portland person. I went to Portland not too long ago and was driving with my friend who lives there and went to pull out in the intersection. He's like, whoa, 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 you're not in California anymore, buddy. Yeah. Like, no. that's, a, that's illegal up here. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm right. a pretty aggressive driver just coming from Massachusetts. It's not as aggressive as Los Angeles even, but the Portland driving, I mean, there's a lot of cameras on lights too. I got like a $300 ticket for going right on a red. You oh. know, like, yeah. Fuck that. In, in like a big intersection. Some, it wasn't in Portland proper. It was like out on the coast. And I yeah, remember uncool. a traffic camera had gotten me and I was like, what is this ticket for? You know, like I went r- right on a red, like you're scumbags. <laughs> that sucks. 
I hate camera tickets. It feels like a a, a violation of the social contract, which is yeah. you get you get to give me a ticket if you catch me doing the thing. Right. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to pretend this didn't happen. Was there a problem in this empty intersection? You know, like, uh, d- did I take yeah. out uh, a family? I don't think so. I took a five mile per hour turn. Uh, well, there was no <laughs> traffic coming from that direction because it was 730 in the morning on the coast of Oregon. You got to watch out for Goonies, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. Now we move on, Jarek, to peaches. Yeah. You want to go first, Brian? Oh, yeah, sure. Peach number one, I mentioned this before, but somehow I got drafted to write songs for the upcoming uh, Barbenheimer movie, which is a real thing that is apparently probably happening. And the songs have now been written and demos uh, have been sent. And I'm waiting to hear what is going to happen with them. Possibly nothing, possibly something. Peach number two is, now get ready for this. I, look, I'm not a DIYer. Uh, in terms of home repair, my skill set is very minimal in this regard. Yet, I successfully installed an over-the-range microwave in my home. Wow. It has stayed up there. It's still latched it's in. It's still up there. It turns on. There was a b- bit of a, a hiccup in it because, uh, now, I normally don't like to share this kind of personal detail, but we have a tile backsplash. Oh, yeah. I can see our, why you wouldn't want stove. to share that. It's, yeah. it's a little, <laughs> little personal. So, to get into the wall, I had to drill into the tile. So a neighbor, a friendly guy with a, a diamond drill bit head came over and we vroom, 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 diamond, you know, into this tile and we put the fucking microwave up and it works and it seems fine. It's, this is the most complicated home thing I have ever done. Uh, my marriage almost dissolved <laughs> twice during this process, but <laughs> we did it. We did I'm it. glad you made it through. Me too. My third peach is uh, my kid, who Audrey, who is nine, had her first soccer game ever. Wow! This past week, and scored a goal. Ooh, big time! And she's she's very proud of herself. Hell yeah! And I am proud of her. And I get to go to her next game tomorrow. Nice. Uh, before we leave for Toronto, so I'm excited to watch my kid play soccer. And you tell her like, if you don't score at least two, you're getting left at the field, like that sort of yeah, thing. No. Like it's motivating. <laughs> What I tell her is the number of meals you get to eat the next day equals the number of goals you score that <laughs> that's, day. So that's fair. she scored a goal. She got breakfast. She scores three Perfect. goals. She's going to be set for the day. Yeah. <laughs> three squares. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Those are my peaches. Yeah. Awesome. Bill, do you want to go next or you want me to go next? Yeah. Uh, so my first one, I, I actually, this is a bit visual here. So I've been on a bit of a nostalgia thing. Like, I guess it comes with turning 40 soon where all of a sudden mm-hmm. my childhood is much more interesting. But the fine people at Playmates reissued these particular uh, Ninja Turtles uh-huh. from the 80s. And they are yep. the same exact molds. I haven't ordered any of these. My thing is just... If I go to Target and there's one that I want, I will buy it. And so far, the only one that I've really wanted is the Mondo Gecko, which I had with the skateboard. And strangely enough, I actually have the original Splinter from this. This is from. Oh, shit. Look at that. Yeah, this is from. I think this is from like 1987. So this is Shit. something that's just been uh, sitting around forever. But I wanted to get the reissue of the Splinter as well. Wow. But I have not successfully located that at Target yet. So I will not that rules. Uh, allow myself to purchase it from any other uh, seller. <laughs> you got to support local businesses. Yeah, <laughs> like Target, yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, we already kind of touched on this, uh, but 
kind of a big thing I've realized adult skateboarding is so much better than young people skateboarding because, Jarek, if you show up to Costco, there is no swinging dicks. Like, of what can this guy oh, yes. do? It is just 100% that. supportive of like, that guy just landed a kickflip. Fuck yeah, man. Like, you can't believe it. But, but back when you're 19, it's just like, oh, what do you got? Oh. You know, like, uh, and you gotta, you gotta like prove yourself and like, all right. And, but now it's just like, Everybody just kind of is like, hey, we're just here. We're happy to be doing it. So uh, like that about adult skateboarding. It still happens a little, but there's very much less getting vibed out of a spot because of particular reasons. And uh, it's the nice thing about adulthood is that everybody just kind of calms down a little bit. And it's just like, all right, we can all just exist and enjoy this thing that is a common interest. Let's let's do that instead. And then the the third thing, uh, another thing I kind of brought up earlier, but I've been on a 90s rock kick lately. Just like listening to... uh, Live a lot, like the band oh, Live. Okay, yeah, sure. Just, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like the album Throwing Copper, I think it's called. And just like, mm-hmm. man, yeah, get, bring me back to some 1994 90s rock. So uh, that's mainly what I've been listening to while editing hard time stuff. And like Blues Traveler will come on, and I'm like, hell yeah, okay. little, little Blues uh-huh. Traveler. And it's like, what have I become? You know, like uh, this is this is a far cry from my listening to like circle of dead children grind core and being like, yeah, then now we're talking opinion of Dave Matthews <laughs> still don't love it. But when it comes on, I'm not, I'm not hitting skip. Honestly, I kind of feel the same way. People shit on Dave Matthews, but some of those songs are pretty great. Yeah. When it comes on, I'll like, I'll look over at like the screen and I'll be like, all right, all right, here we go. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. obviously, if it's Ants Marching, I know I'm getting some Dave Matthews, and it's just like, all sure. right, we got Ants Marching, but if it's like a it's little a bit violin. of a deeper cut. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on, what do we do? It's incredible. My, my uh, cover band in college used to cover Ants Marching. Like, did you use keyboards to do the violin parts? Did you have a violinist? We had a, a violinist that would sit in with us for that song, and I would play uh, soprano sax on it as well. Ooh, wow. Yeah, you dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we rock pretty hard. Yeah, did did Dave himself ever reach out and be like, "Hey, <laughs> this is good stuff"? Sadly, not. No, but well, so I'm still hoping. Yeah, he's probably just dumping shit yeah, into the Chicago <laughs> River. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a true high point in rock history. <laughs> nice. All right, Jarek. Um, all it. right, so my three peaches are one. We're going to Toronto. I've never been to Toronto. Um, it'll be my first time. Oh, you'll hate it. <laughs> I hate Toronto. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Two, I got new tennis rackets last year, or like in December, which I have only Great. played with like three times, and they're mm-hmm. some of the best tennis rackets I've ever played with. I always ask this to people that play tennis. Do you revile pickleballers? Like, uh, do they just make you sick? Or is it just like whatever? <laughs> oh, it's a different thing. Mm. Is is it skateboarders to rollerbladers? Is it skateboarders to scooter kids? Like, can you put it in a... Uh... Yes. Yeah, do this. I would say I would look at it as the same lens as like, man, fuck, like, stop taking up the room in the skate park. Stop taking up the room in the tennis courts. Like, go to your own specific mm-hmm. parks. Like, it's fine. Okay. And I understand I why people play pickleball. Like it's it's I'm not understand, but it's totally chill. It's just not for me. <laughs> you don't understand. I like that. I like that you reverse that. I understand why people play pickleball. Fucking brutal, dude. And my last peach, it is also a culinary accessory, but over the holidays, Leah 
got an espresso machine for mm-hmm. her birthday slash Christmas present, and it is in the apartment now. So oh, nice. I've always wanted an espresso machine. So by way of gifts from Leah's mom, we now have an espresso machine in the apartment. And what are you making with it specifically? Just espresso or are you doing shit? I've only done one thing with it, which is an espresso with like the steam wand of milk, which I don't know what you would call that, mm-hmm. but it's just cool. It's cool to look at. So yes, an espresso machine will be my last peach. It's pretty cool. Haven't done anything cool yet, but I will. We will soon. I love it. Uh, well, that's pretty much it for this, Bill. Thank you, dude, so much yes. for being here. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, yeah, we really appreciate uh, your time. If you want to direct people to find you anywhere, where's the best place to uh, for them to see you? You know, it's just I direct everybody to thehardtimes.net. You know, it's a website that we do. And then on socials, it's the Hard Times News across most socials. We just launched a Patreon. If you enjoy the hard times and want to be part of the community that helps the hard times keep coming to you, it's patreon.com slash the hard times. And yeah, that's about it. I don't have anything interesting in my own personal life if you know occasionally cool. i'll post a story of a bad flat ground kick flat ground kick flip at costco <laughs> that's about it that's all you're gonna get that's great i do want to also plug at the very end here uh, a week from when the show comes out come see me in toronto at the garrison on january 26th i'm going to be performing smooth jazz with as part of my set commander meowch from twerp he'll be on bass and then opening will be lord phobos doing some kind of pedal steel lounge music, I believe. But if you want to see a guy in a fucking like robot question mark costume do lounge music, this is the show for you. So come on that. And then we'll put the link in the show description as well. Now, Jarek, since you, it's been a while actually, since you've been on the show, why don't you send us out here with some, some words of wisdom from your life? Some words of wisdom. Um, yes, I will like to say groovy smoothies. Let's get it. Tootsies. <laughs> That's Perfect. deep. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. All right. Bye everybody. <laughs> See ya. Leighton night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton night on Instagram at Leighton underscore night or email us at Leighton night at gmail.com. <laughs>